Today I want to talk about being stuck. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you teach us by your Holy Spirit today, through your word, would you encourage and challenge? Through Christ I pray these things. Amen. Make a list of the things that we find most discouraging, and on that list will certainly be feeling stuck. I mean, what is more discouraging than feeling like you can never change? Or having somebody say to you, oh, you'll always be the same. You'll never change. I remember years ago visiting a man who'd been arrested at the police station. I walked in and the police officer said to me, before I got to talk to him, the police officer said to me, guys like that never change. Wow, how hopeless is that? And you know what? There's a sense in which it's can be true. Jeremiah 13 verse 23 says, can an Ethiopian change his skin or a leper his spots? Then you as well can do good who are accustomed to doing evil. There's a sense in which without the power of God, we can't change. I like that old bumper sticker that says, if at first you don't succeed, failure may be your thing. That's pretty good. Sometimes I've thought, you know, I, I wonder if my greatest spiritual gift is failure. I should be on the team of other people who are winning just so God can humble them through my participation and bringing on failure. But if you ever feel like you're a failure, if you ever feel like you're stuck, nothing can quite undermine your confidence as that. I remember years ago when I grew up in northwestern Pennsylvania, we grew up in the snow belt just south of Lake Erie, where every year we just got tons of snow. And so as a result, growing up, there were many cars that I remember helping get unstuck, probably a few that I got stuck as well. But there's nothing quite so frustrating as, as this car is getting, you know, is, is stuck in deep snow, in wet snow. And the more the tires spin, the more it develops an ice underneath the tire. So what do you do? You throw in some rocks, you throw in some gravel, you do something to give it some grip and nothing helps. You throw in some box, something to give it some, and nothing helps. You rock the thing back and forth, nothing helps. All that happens is you spin more and you get deeper and deeper and the ice gets slicker and slicker. And unless somebody, unless you get, you know, Godzilla to come push the thing out, you're in, you're in trouble. Nothing quite so discouraging, though, to feel like you are the car that's stuck. That your whole life, you know, you're kind of stuck in some area of your life and you just can't get out. Nothing helps. Everything you try just seems to make the hole deeper and more slippery. And there's a voice that tells you change is impossible, but that voice is not the voice of the Good Shepherd. In 1523, an English animal trainer by the name of John Fitzhart, Fitz, Fitz, Fitzerberg, Fitzherbert, said, the dog must be trained when he is to whelp or else it will not be trained. For it is hard to make an old dog find a new scent. Now today, we have reworded that and summarized it. You can't 
teach a dog new tricks. Now, it sounds good, but is it really true? Mythbusters, a place that many of us go for for our theological training, once put this time-worn time adage to the test. Their hosts, Amy, Adam and Jamie, found a pair of aging Alaskan Malamutes who are, it's a kind of dog that is known for being train, uh, uh, difficult to train, known for its stubbornness. And the, it, it, both of the dogs didn't know a single trick. Seven-year-old canines, siblings, Bobo and Cece, which would make them the equivalent of about a 50-year-old person, arguably qualifying themselves for the old age category. If you're over age 50, I am sorry, we just have to own it sometimes. But after four years of training, four days, I'm sorry, four days of training, Bobo and Cece proved the old adage wrong. After four days of training, these stubborn breed animals were able to heal, sit, lie down, stay, wake up on command, and add your own silly thing. Okay, the conclusion, of course, of the Mythbusters was this myth had been busted. You can teach old dogs new tricks. God has given us all the ability to change. Old dogs, young dogs. We discover that from Moses, don't we? In many places in the Old Testament, many places in the Bible ought to show us that certainly the transformation of people like Thomas and Peter are, are, are that, um, James and John. But in Exodus chapter 33, Moses is over 80 years old. Moses has a problem, a lack of confidence sometimes. You'll recall 40 years earlier when God calls Moses, I'm sorry, it wasn't 40 years earlier, it was um, a few years earlier when God calls Moses to go back to Egypt, to lead the people out of Egypt. Moses is like, God, I can't do this. And he comes up with this litany why he can't do what God is calling him to do. Well, I can't talk so good. Okay, I'll send it. You can have Aaron who'll talk with you. But I can't go in front of, you know, I, I'm, I'm too old. All this, the people aren't going to follow me. They're not going to listen to me. Moses lacked self-confidence. And, but he found confidence in God. Now, in Exodus chapter 33, God frees the people, has freed the people of Israel from Egypt. They are now in the wilderness. They have already made the golden idol and worshipped it and have had to repent and Moses has called them out on it and God is disgusted with them and Moses is disgusted with them. And verse 33, God says to the people of Israel, I will take you to the promised land. I will get you there. I made that promise, but I'm not going to lead you personally. I'm going to send an angel to lead you instead. If I go, he says, I'm afraid I'm so disgusted with you that I'll wipe you out before we get there. In a moment of wonderful, a wonderful lack of self-confidence. Self-confidence sometimes is good, but when it leads us to force us to be confident in God, it's a wonderful thing. And in another moment of 
a lack of self-confidence, Moses says to God, I can't do this. Verse 12, he says to the Lord, look, you've told me lead this people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name, and you also have found favor with me. Now, if I indeed have found favor with you, please teach me your ways, and I will know you, so that I may find favor with you. Now consider that this nation is your people. And God replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses responded, if your presence does not go, don't make us go up from here. It's a wonderful story as we enter the new year. As you head into the new year, where do you lack confidence? Where do you feel stuck and feel like you're just spinning your wheels? Where do you feel like it's kind of hopeless? Um, because no matter what you have done in the past, it hasn't changed things. It hasn't worked. And you almost feel like you're going it alone. You want to get unstuck. I love the example of Moses here, who in his healthy sense of lack of confidence says, God, you've told me you'll go with me. I need you to go with me. God, you've told, you've told me I have favor with you. Would you tell me about yourself so I can live in your favor? See, those two things go together. Walking with God and living in his favor. It's not just God, I want you to show me where you go, so where you want me to go so I can use you. Oh God, I want you to show me who you are so I can walk in your favor and so I can walk in harmony with you. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? Can a leper change its spots? When Satan says, you'll never change. May Moses prayer return to you. God, teach me your ways. Take me where you want me to go. If you go, I'll go. If you don't go, I won't go. I want to know you. Again, it's true that a leopard can't change its spots. You can't overcome evil without the power of God. Without Christ, we are hopelessly stuck. Without God's power, stuckness becomes our identity. But Romans 8.31 tells us, if God is for us, who can be against us? Where is your stuckness right now? Where do you feel like you're spinning your wheels? Attitude, personality, plans, negativity, depression, debt, loneliness, lack of service, nothing to show for your life. I want you to know, God is for you. So read his Bible to know who he is. Pray and listen to him, seeking his direction and clarity. Surrender every day afresh to him. Lord, today is your day. Today, I want to run with you. Where you go, I want to go. Where you don't want me to go, I don't want to go. Then commit to action, not just the, to thinking. Read an article recently I'll have to share with you another time. Basically says, thinkers don't accomplish much. And actors 
People who commit to action without thinking don't accomplish much. But people who think like Christ and who act in obedience to Christ and his voice accomplish all that God would have them to in this life. God is for you. Who can be against you? Know him. Follow him today. And you will have the power to be unstuck. Heavenly Father, we can get discouraged by our stuckness. I'm sure that each of us can look to a single area of our lives. Maybe it's a relationship or an attitude, a habit, a discipline, um, and feel, and, and hear Satan's voice of saying, we'll never be different. But Lord, I thank you that our hope is in you and that you are with us and that you will go with us. Would you show us your way? Would you show us your face? By your power, would you make us new? As is your prayer through Christ, as is your promise through Christ, we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for joining us. And if you think this could help a friend, I would encourage you to send it to a friend and start a spiritual conversation. And um, hope to see you soon.